Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. Nuwana is now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. A little all football all the time with Brooks Nuwana's coming up, talking rivalry game, of course, as well as guessing some NFL lines. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can always find it on the Nuwana's Now podcast. Probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. To see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business, visit goblackfoot.com. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. And the Montana State Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. Grizz Hockey is in action right now, actually. They're down in Utah, but they're playing a bunch of teams that aren't really from Utah. It's a conglomeration of competition that will be taking place here uh, these next several days. Today, their puck dropped at 4, so that's underway. That's what you can find on the ESPN MT app. Puck drops tomorrow at 4 as well. Later on this evening, we'll have the Seattle Kraken uh, here on 102.9 ESPN Radio. Um, 7.30, puck drop for the Kraken. We're the official affiliates of that for yet uh, another year. But if you want to watch Chris Hockey, you can always find it on the app. If you want to do it with some wings and some beer, how about heading on over to Buffalo Wild Wings? They're our next-door neighbor right here. Uh, at Missoula Broadcasting Company out here on Radio Way, and uh, they'll be streaming the uh, Chris Hockey matches uh, all season long, whether they're home or away. We will have the action always on the ESPN MT app and then sometimes as well on uh, 102.9 ESPN Radio right here. All football all the time here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. We've been talking all sorts of rivalry stuff, and we will in this as well as some NFL stuff as well. Before we get to some of the betting numbers, though, Brooks Nuanas joining us here as he does each Thursday. You've been gone all week, so I haven't actually got to get into your thoughts. I've talked to millions of people about this. What uh, What do you think? Just what do you think of the rivalry game on Saturday, Montana hosting Montana State? I was traveling all over Montana for work, and... Uh, yeah, you were I, just in Bozeman. What was just the in Bozeman for a day and a half. Uh, people were stoked on it. I got a lot of questions. So yeah. I appreciate everyone that walked up and talked to me. Confidence? Lots of people. Uh, less than I thought, which was huh. interesting. See, because I've sort of felt a revived confidence. Usually in this, you, you, between the two main hubs, you can kind of feel one side feeling confident or overconfident, the other side feeling like animosity or like they really need it. And I think the best part about this game is that nobody's getting fired, no matter what happens in this. Definitely, yeah. That was like the thing for a lot for a while. Like, ooh, getting closer, getting closer. Or if you win or you don't win, you're going to get fired. That was pretty silly. And now that's not happening. Uh, I, I think that in August, I felt around Missoula that the general vibe was that the Cats were going to kill the Grizz by 50. Yeah, and the Grizz fans definitely. were like, "What's going on?" And now I think the Grizz fans are back to being pretty confident. And uh, I was in Bozeman over the weekend, and I felt that there was a lot of confidence on that side too, but maybe a little bit leery only just because I think that they had such high expectations this year. A lot still out in front of Montana State, but if they lose, they're 8-3, and three and they're going to be like the 7 or the 8 seed, and I think that would be considered probably a 
Not not as good as what you thought, no, given it, what you got on your roster. I think that's exactly it. I think that there was a like if you think that you can go undefeated and you're clearly not undefeated. Yes, you have like some hesitation. Montana State fans as a whole have always had the a little bit of like a oh you know we we don't like the Grizz or anything, but they're real damn good. And then there's, you know, the classic kind of traditional Grizz fan is like, the Grizz are amazing, you know, screw the cats. It's kind of like always been, so to, in Bozeman this week, there was a little bit of like, do you think we can do it? And it's like, what do you mean? Yeah, of course you can do it. I think like, it also broke people's brains because I think that the, the first month or so of the season, everybody that watched the Grizz, Grizz followers, Grizz fans, Grizz haters, unbiased analysts like us, we're all like, this is team's just not good. What's going on? They weren't. Yeah. They weren't. Yeah, they weren't great. Yeah. But I think Bobcat fans were like counting down the days. Yeah, They could come into Missoula and win by five touchdowns. And then it was like, oh, 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 that's not going to happen. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely not going to happen. Definitely not going to happen, yeah. And so it went from like a shoe-in to now, oh, these are actually two of the three best teams in the whole country. For sure. And the, the one thing I think that there was hesitation from Montana State fans that I got, the only piece of it, I guess, rather, was... But the Grizz are hot, man, and it's true. They are. Yeah, it's true. And how important do you think that is for? I think it's huge. Team? I think it's huge. It'll settle down, but it's how they won last time in Missoula. Yes. You score on the second play of the game, and it's just like goes nuts, right? Like things just change, and and it, it, the whole dynamic of the game changes because of how you start the game. By the third, middle of the third quarter, like it's a football game. Things settle in. Like it's going to be a good matchup. They're both really good teams, but I think that momentum can really help early on. I think, especially defensively for the Grizz, you come out, you get a sack on on second down, and you can throw a pick on on third down, and all of a sudden the Grizz are party on the pile, and you go down, score a touchdown, you get the ball after half, that kind of thing. Like, I think that is where the momentum of being a hot team plays in. But as we've already kind of said, Colton, I think that they're not. I wouldn't call these evenly matched teams because their strengths and weaknesses are completely different. And, yep. and they, I don't think that that's a, one of the things that's unique. Um, but I do think that they're both really good teams. I think they are both really good teams. And I think they both have played really, really well in the month of November. The Cats have certainly bounced back after uh, stubbing their toe against Idaho. And uh, the Grizz have been unbeatable and, and unbeaten since they lost uh, at Northern Arizona. We're going to get into the betting part of this here in just a minute. We're not going to give you any picks or anything like that. We're just going to analyze the line. But one thing that I thought that, I want, that I've been waiting to talk to you about is, because you're so good at diagnosing this stuff, The and Brent Vegan was so good at, at breaking this all down as well in his press conference on Monday. And I asked him just about like the fundamental changes of the Grizz defense, and especially on the back end. The Grizz front is still the same. They run a six-man front. It's a 3-3-5. Three, three, they bring pressure from all the linebacker spots. They've been rolling the linebacker guys through. But on the back end, they're running way more different coverages. They were running nothing but quarters. Man, man on the back end for, for four years. That's what they were doing. Now they're running all sorts of different combo coverages, zone coverages, fire zones, all sorts of stuff. They also roll their safeties. I thought Mike Ryder pointed this out, and it was uh, uh, something I hadn't considered. They roll their safety so often and so fluidly that I think that also confuses opposing quarterbacks. I think that's what really got to I Sac State. It, I agree with you, yeah. It used to be that they all the guys were playing different spots, but now they just have like new pairs go in. The nickel, Trajan Cotton and TJ Roush's spot, they rotate a little bit, but mostly it's just Cotton. Yeah. But the, the two, like the free and the strong safety are more traditional looks now because they don't have a guy that's an alley runner anymore. Even though they let Ryder Meyer run the alley a little bit, but it's it's a, a combination of Nash Vouch and Garrett Graves and Ryder Meyer 
and Jackson Lee all. And the- Jackson Lee getting better has been huge. Jackson Lee, well, and of course he got better. He had to sit behind the guy that never came out of the game for the last couple of years. Imagine that. Yeah. And so now, you know, now he's he's playing he's and he's really turned the corner. Yeah, good player. Ryder Myers getting a chance to play. He's played so well, he's he's ahead of Graves. Graves yeah. is still a good player, but Ryder Myers, the guy that's the dude, like the starting guy has been Ryder Meyer for every single week. Yep. So rolling those guys is, is key too. But I, I just think that there's – I think that the number one reason the Cat run game had such a huge advantage against the Grizz defense is the Grizz defense was so aggressive but over-aggressive, and the way that the run fits work, it was all about eight guys creating chaos and only three guys making tackles. The Cats leave multiple guys unblocked every play. So all the Cats had to do against the Grizz – was get to one guy and get to the other guy. Like Brent Vegan said, the free hitters. Well, the free hitters used to only be Dante Olson, Jace Lewis, and, and Robbie Houck, or only would be Patrick O'Connell and Robbie Houck. Now the free hitter is based on way more fluid run fit. I think that's I, I do think that's a thing that you know people ask, are the Grizz gonna run a different defense? Are they gonna adjust against the Cats? I don't think they have to because they've done that throughout this year by changing the fundamentals of their run fits in this scheme. One hundred percent. Yes, you you asked me to break it down, and you did it perfectly. Uh, the <laughs> one thing, no, no, it's 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 really well done. the The one thing that I would want to bring to people's attention is because people ask me a lot, <coughs> are the Grizz going to have to run a different defense? It's the thing I've been yeah. asked the most about from from Montana State fans, and I say, what you just did, they already do. Yes, they don't run a three three five. They run a four two five. The edge right. guy, Riley Wilson. Um, and Levi Genicara play on the edge. Right. They don't play stand up in the box stacked like they right. did the last couple of years. They play on the edge. It's a four-two-five. They rotate more linebackers, but like especially on after first down, those guys are on the edge. And that's what makes them versatile too, because Braxton Hill has been going to both spots. He can play both. He's been playing in the middle yeah. and on the outside. And when they move him to the outside, then they can bring Flink and. T- Tyrrell in. Tyrrell in, yeah. And those guys are both yeah. good. They're- and Flink is such a good run defender in the middle. Like, he's he's just a really sound tackler. He diagnoses it really fast. Um, he gets downhill. He's just surefire. Like, he's... I've always liked him, you know, but he's a really, really underrated guy. I totally agree, man. I boosted him up. Our Montana made SkylineSportsMT.com, one of my most arduous and uh, and time-consuming but favorite projects very of the good. year. Very Every good. year yeah. is coming out. We got Andrew Houghton reading it right now as we record this here on Thursday afternoon. But it's all about all the Montana guys. But I we, we, we kind of tear them out by the guys who are the stars, the guys who are the starters, the contributors, and then all the other guys that are on the roster that are still kind of waiting their turn. And I bumped Flink up into the stars category. Yeah, man. totally. Absolutely. And it's you know, I, I like I wrote he's a, in the stars category because of the way he plays, the mm-hmm. reckless abandon he plays with, plus just the proficiency. Sets and, the tone, man. And, and but the the proficiency and quality of his tackling ability, he is one of the best tacklers in the league. Period. For sure. And, that, and that's and that's uh, just as as easy as it gets. So uh, I agree with you. I don't think the Grizz need to run a different sort of scheme because they've changed so much. It's the it's the ba- same basic base package with whole bunch of new f- wrinkles within it that are all based on personnel. And that, in a nutshell, is what has made this Grizz team far exceed expectations is they've actually started coaching and scheming on both sides of the ball to their personnel. Definitely. And the coverage is difficult, though. They are running pretty much everything. They don't run tons of cover, too, but they will run two high safeties. And and in the run fit, as you explained, it used to be that it was funneled to two guys, and it was really that that Robbie Houck, that safety spot, was yes. was only more or less a run defender, yes. unless they were in man coverage. And that's definitely changed. The thing that we can never shy away from, and it is, it is the make-or-break thing, it's the thing that can win the Montana Grizzlies a national championship, 
and it's the thing that can allow them to, you know, beat the Cats this weekend or lose both of those scenarios is very, very few teams in the country, let alone at this level of college football, are willing to blitz eight 25 times a game. They'll, they'll literally, there's just plays where they're showing pressure with seven guys and they bring all seven and they explode the pocket and the quarterback is on the ground in two and a half seconds. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's, that's really unique. Like teams will do it once or twice a game, not 20 times a game. And they're not shy from showing it either, especially on passing downs and long situations. And it's like, yeah. it's what you think of the Grizz as when they're really like getting after it and they're partying on the pile and the North end zone's going crazy. That's what like we all nostalgic, but it hasn't really been like that. It's growing and growing, but like when you mentioned Dante Olson, it wasn't like that with Dante Olson. Really, they brought pressure. Chase Lewis, guy that they could bring pressure with, but it's not like it is right now. The ability to rush the uh, to rush the passers is just it's next level. Brooks Duanas here on uh, ESPN Radio. Duanas now. It's our awful ball all the time. And I heard after the Sac State game, what what happened to Sac State's quarterbacks? Well, it's very simple. Montana brought the freaking house, and Sac State's quarterbacks didn't want to get hit, so they just got rid of the ball too quick, and they had nothing. They either had to check it down or just let it fly because they weren't trying to get avalanche. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty easy. So I think that there's all sorts of fascinating narratives in this game. But to me, one of the most fascinating is the narratives around the coaches because Brent Vegan has been unbelievably good at Montana State. The One of the one things that's missing is a win in Missoula. And Bobby Houck was the guy that was talking smack about the rivalry. I mean, he won't even say Montana State. He calls him the neighbor or Bozeman. But if he loses this one, he's 6-6 six and six against the rival and will have lost, what, four out of five since he came back? Break that part down for me. It sure is interesting, right? I mean, we talk a lot, Colter, about respecting your opponent, uh, in-state in recruiting, a lot of different narratives of this game has to matter to to Bobby Houck. And sometimes he acts like it doesn't. It does, though. There's just no of way. Of course it does. But if it does, you can't go four and five. That's right. Or lose four of five. That's right. So at some time, like, the priority of it, I know it matters, but it, it has to matter more <laughs> if it can. It has to not just be another game, right? Montana State has never treated it like that in, in the Jeff Cho, uh, Brent Began era, right? Like in the last 10 years, let alone likely in their history. But in the last 10 years, they talk about it as the most important thing that's ever happened to any of them. And I just hope that uh, I hope that for Bobby Huck because I think it's what the fan base deserves. I think it's what his team deserves. And of course, internally, you can do that. But at some point you're being the face of something, you have to market it well, too. You have to you have to say, like, how much it matters and how much, you know, call them by the who they are and, and identify the players and, and, and want to win that game. It is an interesting dynamic. Um, Brent Vegan, while very, a very hard-nosed, tough coach, it, he, he doesn't quite have the personality that Bobby Houck and Jeff Choate have to where they really can get in a street fight and just go all-out brawl. Brent Vegan's not like that at all. He's just kind of like, well, no, I'm not into that. Let's just, you know, let's, let's, let's X's and O and let's, let's go, let's go execute, you know? And right. I know he's tough. I know he's tough. I know, but he's like the Hoist Gracie where he doesn't need to punch you in the face because he's just going to outmaneuver you and then choke you out instead. I agree with you. But if you are tough and you have the X's and O's and you have the culture and you do play physical football, at some point you got to win this game Missoula handedly. It's true. It's like, that's how you put the stamp on who you are. You know, that's how you become and leave a legacy like 
like Jeff point. Choate has, like Bobby Houck has for the first part of his tenure, and how it's, I think, tarnished the second part in ways. Not fully. It's not like it's end-all-be-all. Sure. They're making sure. the playoffs, winning playoff games at home. I mean, like, but it matters for both of them very much. I think it's, it's one of the... Outside of the records, outside of the conference championship race, I think it's for the, that reason we just said it's as big of a Cat Grizz game as there has ever been. And I don't think that's hyperbole. Well, we're at in Montana. There's a Sports Bet Montana kiosk near you. Get on the app and just click on locations or uh, get on the website. You can find locations as well. They got them all laid out for you in alphabetical order by town. So um, certainly easy to find, easy to do. Uh, let's talk about this betting line before we talk just briefly about some NFL betting lines this week. Of course, this is the pretty much the lone week where the NFL gets overshadowed. The line mm. opened up with Montana State as three-and-a-half-point favorites in Missoula. Now, that's what the sports bet Montana book has it at. There's all sorts of varying lines on this game. I've seen it all the way up to the Grizz as six point favorites. And I've seen it all the way up to the Cats as six point favorites. What kind of books you looking at, dude? So I was in Anaconda yesterday and all oh, the Anaconda <laughs> book. The Anaconda guys. <laughs> shocking, I know, that guys in Anaconda that are older have known how to sports bet for forty years. Oh it's, really? It's shocking. There's man. bookies there. There's bookies. Uh, yeah, they use it. They call it Yeah, they like, got they had a whole a secret little spreadsheet that they were showing me. I love it. But <laughs> but uh, they were showing me that, all that. So I don't know. I mean, where we have, I, I thought, I predicted, I thought that the Grizz would open up as one and a half point favorites. Interesting. Because I thought the sports book would want the Cats to have plus odds early in the week to make the line move. And then it would move all the way to the Cats being two and a half to three and a half point favorites. I actually thought that the line would close exactly where it opened, but it's stayed at the minus three and a half and it hasn't moved. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. I'm, I don't agree with you on that one. Um, that's just because of college football. So right. there's no college football. The lines are insane. So do you? They're do so you th- different. Do you think that the three and a half is indicative of the book thinking that the Cats are a touchdown better than the Grizz, but it's three and a half because it's in Washington Grizzly Stadium? I do. I think that's exactly. I think what it'd it be is. a six and a half point deal if it was not at Washington Grizz. I think it might be higher. I agree. I think if it was on a neutral field. I think it would be nine and a half. I think it'd be high. Yeah. I do. I just between nine and a half and eleven. And a half. Montana State. Uh, the, the the fear there for the book and for the Grizz in general is that Montana State can is is will score forty five on everybody. Right. I don't think they're going to in this game, but they could. And I don't think the Grizz can score 45. So that's the issue there. That's like where the book is going to have that on a neutral field. That's not saying that the Cats are that much better or whatever. That's just the the thing is that they can score 50 on anybody. Did they do it against South Dakota State? No. Did they do it against Idaho? No. But that doesn't mean that. They've done it against everybody else. Right. But even against Idaho, where they don't even have the ball, they still score 21 points. And, like, we've seen the Grizz, like, limp to 20 points and have dominant wins, but, like, you know, not lighting up the scoreboard some games. While that's improved and that's changed and that's a little bit of a different narrative at this exact juncture, I think that's where the line is. For anyone who wants to bet this game, my advice to you, Sean Rainey and I talk a lot about this on the field, pregame, and we're at Grizz games, cat games, whatever it may be. 
College games really don't come down to a field goal. That's right. They're not tied in the fourth quarter and some kid bangs a 43-yarder for the win. Like, it happens. But it's not going to happen in this game, and it doesn't happen in many games. And if you like one of the teams, take them by a touchdown. This, they're going to win by five or six points, seven points, whichever side you like. Yeah. There's no even point of just taking su- three even points. if it's a like, super close game, the team that's going to win is going to pull away and win by between seven and 13 points. Definitely. They're not going to win it's by totally different than points. the NFL. I think people have a hard time with that and balancing the The NFL the is things. only about walk-off field goals. There was five right. last week. Right. There was five right. of them. That's right. not how college football even works. Even when the NFL, even when you're getting your butt just absolutely beat, you're still going to figure out a way to lose 25 to 20 or whatever. You are not losing by more than a touchdown. Like 10 points is so hard to beat an NFL right. team by. Yeah. 13 t- points in, is in, a in college, down. In college, you can lose by 28 and you were in it. That's right. You you played okay and you lost by 28 points. That's you right. Know, like. That's right. That's right. So I, I totally agree with that. All football all the time presented by Sports Bet Montana. Uh, what do you think of the total on this? Uh, Remind it, me? 56 and a half. 56 and a half. So if I say to you right now, I say it's 28 to 21. That means the book. That's the, 49. The book thinks it's going to be 30 and a half to 26 and a half, basically. Mm, no way. It's too high. You think that's too high? I think that I don't. I'm going to say a score. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a little too high. I think, 50, I think 56 and a half is a little too high, but I do think that. I think both teams can score 24. In the in the low 50s is what I thought it was going to be. Both at. teams can score 24. I thought it would be I don't 52 think that, and a half or 53 and a half. I don't think that both teams could score 30 in this game. So it's below 60. Yeah. And then you're looking at like a little four point, you know, kind of f- barrier right there. A little four point like, I think you sit on the under. But. That's just because I think that the the uh, the biggest strength in this game might be the Grizz defense. So, and the biggest strength for the Cats, I think, is obviously their ability to score points and, and be prolific offensively, especially running the ball. I, I I just I don't think that it gets above sixty. So, I would take the under just for that little buffer. I'm saying this as an objective observer who analyzes betting lines in depth every single week. If you want to bet on this game and you're doing it based on emotion and you want to bet on the Grizz, just take the money line. And if you want to bet on the Cats, just take the points. And that's it. Otherwise, I would stay all the way away from all of this. Yeah, like If you I, were just betting this because you want to be a better that makes money, don't bet this game. Yeah, I, absolutely. Don't bet rivalry games. Yeah, yeah, don't bet this game at all because yeah, there's all of the variety of results. The Grizz could totally win this thing 38-14. to 14. They could totally lose this thing 42-14. to 14. There's all, And everything in between is up for grabs. And you, you'd, what those two totals I just said, you'd miss the total on as well. So uh, definitely skip the total because this could be anywhere between... I mean, this could seriously be anywhere between 31 and 60 points in terms of the total. Like, it's, it's, you could have double as many as what the lowest amount of the total could be. Yeah. I mean, you can. So, if you're betting it on emotion, just bet for the team that, that you're rooting for. And if you're not betting it on emotion, don't bet it. I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I, I'm staying. Yeah. We stay away from this stuff. I don't bet on, on tons of college. Yeah. We don't bet on this stuff ever. I don't really bet on Cats and Grizz ever, even like independent of each other unless they're playing like I might parlay them together if they're both on the road I'm going to watch it on TV because they're both in California or something I'll take the Cats and the Grizz on a parlay or something just to like have a bet to watch the game um, and cover it but like I say rivalry games like the Bedlam series Oklahoma State is like 500 this year they beat Oklahoma Red River Shootout Oklahoma goes and beats Texas like you just don't really bet rivalry games unless it's like Michigan playing Michigan State where Michigan State's one and seven or something. Like you can bet on some, but like this isn't one of them. 
All right, uh, let's do some guess the lines NFL style. <laughs> Basically, we're telling you if you want to bet with your heart, have fun and do whatever you want. Of course, yeah, hammer <laughs> it. Go find a machine. If you're not betting with your heart, just don't do it. Just bet the <laughs> NFL. So let's talk some NFL. Let's guess the lines. Um, things evened out in the league last week a little bit. Sure did. We're starting to see a little bit more. Okay, this team's good. Okay, this team's maybe not. I think that there's only a few teams that have poor records right now that are like building towards the good side. Most of the teams that are bad are going to get more bad as the Yeah, the I, I don't know, dude. Along. The middle is the middle of the NFL is really interesting. Well, that's why the middle you stay away from. You, yeah. you guys got to find the teams yeah, that you should just like are good. The best teams, you should like hammer the Ravens and the Bengals and you should put those guys in parlays <laughs> and teasers. <laughs> just like we did last week. And lose all your money. That's what you should do. Well, but we just did find that the last best week. teams but that and was, hammer. That was silly on our part though because who Bet them at home, the two best teams in the league. That's definitely totally, silly. Who, who was silly. the Ravens playing? Deshaun Watson. Yeah, but they were playing the Browns, and the Browns are good, and the Browns might make the playoffs. And they ain't making the playoffs now. Who are the Bengals? The Browns were just as good without Deshaun Watson when he was out. The Browns were better without Deshaun Watson. Definitely not. Because they can lean into their defense. No. Who are the Bengals playing? The Texans. The Texans are kind of good. They might win that terrible division. I'm, all I'm saying is betting the Ravens and the Bengals is You're not saying foolish. I'm bad at this. Let's get to no. the lines. <laughs> okay. All right. Tell me. Uh, uh, we're, we're, let's, just, let's just start with uh, Thursday night because we got another black and blue division uh, game. Cincinnati at Baltimore. I think that this week has the two best games of the week of, of the year so far. You think this one's one of them? I think this is absolutely one of them. I uh, I agree. I think I that, love uh, both of these teams. Bengals at Ravens in Baltimore Thursday night, short week. Um, both teams coming off of heartbreaking and surprising losses. B- Bengals should have won. They definitely should have won. T- Tyler Boyd dropped, dropped. I mean, the Ravens were up by like multiple scores, and they completely blew it. It was wild. Those are both wild games. They were totally wild games. That's what I'm like. We're always saying though. I'm not trying to dog on you. I'm just saying. No, I'm if, just you, if you make the right bet. No, oh, I'm, then, I'm good then, with my and bet. And then a game goes crazy. It's not. That's not. I'm bad good with bet. my bet to tease those two teams down to to, to pretty much. How we yeah. bet that last week? What we're right eighty four percent. I'm the betting time. that all the time. Yeah. No, I'm fine with the bet. Uh, I think the Ravens are two and a half. Point favorites at home. Yep, they have to be two and a half point favorites. They're three and a half point. Three and a half point favorites. So they the go, hook is they interesting, hook. though. I mean, that's that's high. I I think that the Ravens are a more well rounded team. I think that they'll. I think they'll have trouble with the, with with stopping the Bengals. I think that after a loss like that and Joe Bur- way but Joe Bur- Burrow is playing. Uh, Jamar Chase was was beat up last week. He had a back bruise, which obviously a injury that gets better with time. It's not like a a, a hamstring that's going to linger or a, a fractured rib. Like you got a bruise on your back. Like a week is a long time to heal. So I think that they'll have trouble with the Bengals. But I thought three and a half was high. All right, let's go quick. We only got about three minutes left on this. And yeah, no worries. I'm going to give you some pour over. I'm going to give you a couple that right, I thought were else? interesting. What, what's the other one you think that is one? Well, Let's just jump to Monday night, Philadelphia at Kansas City, Super Bowl rematch. Uh, Philadelphia at Kansas City, Super Bowl rematch. <sighs> I, it's same. I think, I think it's just the home field. Yeah. Two and a half for the Chiefs. Two and a half. They're both 46 and a half point over-unders. Yeah. Um, you know, both games that are not great to bet. If you have a strong feeling, obviously do what you need to do. But those are both going to be really, really, really good games. Uh, let's jump to um, an interesting one here, Coulter. How about uh, the New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. I hate the Jets the last two weeks, man. I've been trying they, to tell you. You haven't scored a touchdown in three weeks. It's so stupid. Well, I, you can listen to me. Man. They're terrible. They're terrible. They're terrible. Uh, the Bills are also so frustrating, and I'm so done with the them The Bills are terrible. Well. Fire their OC, Ken Dorsey. Obviously, it was his fault. I mean, Josh Allen was having a full-on <laughs> meltdown on, during the game, and he should have. 
Uh, I think the Bills are still heavily favoring this. I'm going to say Bills minus six and a half. Yep, nailed it. Six and a half on the head. Uh, weird game. I, I don't like that at all. The Bills, I, I, you could tease the Jets up to pass 10. They can't lose by 10, but they, they don't give up 10, but they can't score 10. I mean, it's what? I just put the Jets money line in a parlay if you're going to bet that game. Flush or it. Stay away from the game. Yeah. How about uh, a little bit of. Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray back in the helm at the Houston Texans. See, I didn't watch any of the Arizona game last week, so I'm going to stay away from that one as well. But I do think that, you didn't uh, see the zoomies. You didn't see Kyler. Kyler's <laughs> roller skates. Uh, I still think the Texans are actually kind of good. So they I'm are really say good. The uh, Texans minus five and a half. Yeah, four and a half. You're on these ones. I was on them as well this week. I was all over it. How about this one? I thought this was the weirdest one of the week. The Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. Detroit is a minus eight and a half point favorite. I guess 12 and a half. The Bears are awful. Seven and a half. I thought that was low. Hmm. You can tease that down to pretty much, you know, mm-hmm. a point. The yeah, Detroit, seven and a half is a nice number. Detroit's hammer. I can roll the Bears. Yeah, that's a nice number if you can get it down to two and a half. Yeah, absolutely. Pair it with something else that you like. Yeah. Uh, last one for you, Coulter, is uh, another AFC. I mean, these AFC uh, North games, I mean, these poor teams. Like, we should just play each other every week. You just well, they're almost dead. It's like a front-loaded division, though. They're almost all done with their division I know. It's, it's so weird. It's it's not a great schedule. They it's should, a terrible You've got to play these later in the snow and stuff. They all had to play each other, like, right out the gates. It's so bizarre. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Deshaun Browns. Deshaun Watson out for the season with a fractured shoulder. Steelers are not nearly as good on the road. Steelers are terrible. The Browns Six are, and two. Browns are one-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Pick them. Opened up with when Deshaun before that was announced. Opened up as four and a half for the Browns. Uh, okay, uh, quickly. Uh, what's Monday Night Football? That was Monday Night was the Philly Kansas City. Oh, okay. Then Sunday Night is Minnesota Mike. at Denver. <laughs> Man, this was the line I was the most off on the whole week. I miss. I missed this one. Just because of the trend of the year, the Broncos have been favored at home or like been even money at home for forever. They're favored at home. That's minus two and a half. They are. Yeah. Yeah, I guess two and a half for the Vikings. Plus odds for the Vikings for the fourth week in a row. Yep. Give me that money. I'll give you that money, dude. I'm going to roll with you, too. Last one. Uh, I know we got to get out. Seattle at LA Rams. <laughs> Carson Wentz back from the dead. It's in Seattle? No, it's in LA. In LA. Seahawks, Rams. Oh, man. It's the Seahawks are three and a half point favorites. I guess five and a half. Pick them. Pick them. Pick them. Hammer the Seahawks. Hammer the Seahawks. Man. Uh, Carson Wentz, a little bit like you, you get that juice. Every time a coach gets fired, you get a new quarterback, you get Josh Dobbs, you get, yep. I mean, I don't know. You get Kyler Murray back. Uh, interesting. Tease the Lions down to two and a half and pair it with a couple other things. Maybe pair it with the Cowboys money line or the Cowboys as low as you can get that line over the Panthers. I'd also probably tease it and pair it with the Vikings money line. And uh, that's about it. All football all the time. Presented by Sports Bet Montana. Brooks Duana is here on Duana's Now. Thanks for being here. The seventh seed in the AFC, the Houston Texans. Woo! Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? 
Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a, a, a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jschultilaw.com. Everyone is now on ESPN Radio. It's Rivalry Week. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here uh, on this Thursday. The moment is drawing nigh. We are uh, coming up to it. State championship weekend across the state of Montana. Friday night, we will crown a double-A state champion, Bozeman High Host and Kalispell Glacier. And Saturday afternoon, we will have state champions across the gamut, whether it's uh, Dillon or Columbia Falls in Class A, Florence or Manhattan in Class B, Belt or Fairview in 8-man, or Freud Lake or Centerville in 6-man. And we'll have a state champion as well as a Big Sky Conference champion in the rivalry game as well as number 3 Montana hosts number 4 Montana State High Noon at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Our Brawl of the Wild by the Mile continues. Usually we're giving you the first look at the upcoming opponents for both Montana and Montana State. This week they're playing each other, so we have a whole variety of guests who are outstanding players in the scope of this rivalry from yesteryear, including the man that joins us now on the Rangage Brothers RV phone line is Sean Sampson. He's a Helena Capital product, a former All-American and team captain at Montana State. Part of a couple Big Sky Conference title teams there for the Cats. Sean, haven't heard from you forever, man. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Coulter? Good to talk to you. I appreciate you having me. Of course, man. First of all, I thought of you because I saw you last week. I didn't actually get to talk to you, but I was up in the press box at Bobcat Stadium, and you did the exchange uh, with the Montana flag where it's a cool deal. Former players from Montana State's history pass off the Montana flag to a current Montana Bobcat, then they run onto the field. So what would you think of being back at Bobcat Stadium? What would you think of the honor? Oh, it was pretty cool. I just really appreciate the program thinking of me. You know, they reached out and, uh, got to go back there and I got to bring my, my oldest son down on the field too. That was pretty special and hand the flag off to taco. So just a, just a cool moment to be back in Bozeman. And, uh, we were up there for senior day too. My, my cousin Holden walked for the senior day ceremony. So, uh, yeah, just a special Saturday. Well, give people the update. You're still in Helena, right? No, I actually, uh, I moved a little further East after, uh, after graduating. Shoot. It's been 10 years now. I'm, uh, over in Billings. Nice. So, uh, yeah, doing well over in Billings. Uh, engineer by day, they tell me. And, uh, yeah, I get to help out, coach a little football, too, over at Billings West High. And that keeps the falls nice and busy. So uh, life is great. Doing well. That's awesome, man. I'm happy to hear your, your coach. I didn't know you were at West, so that's cool. I mean, what's that experience been like just, just uh, working with Coach Stan? I mean, he's one of our favorites. He comes on this show a lot during football season. He's always a great guy to talk to. So, I mean, what's it been like just getting back into it and coaching the kids? Yeah, it's so fun. Coach uh, Coach Stanton does a wonderful job and runs just a, a first-class program. And, 
uh, it's just fun to be around the kids and get to run around like like I was I was once young. <laughs> so uh, it's it's just a lot of fun. Sean Sampson joining us here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio, former All Big Sky Center for the Montana State Bobcats, played in the uh, early 2010s, a Helena Capital product. I was doing our, our annual Montana Made where I highlight all the different guys from, from both sides of the rivalry that are all from Montana. And uh, Cool West High has actually eight guys that are alums playing in this game, uh, the most for any of the high schools in Montana. Uh, Missoula Sentinel has 11 guys playing in the game. Bozeman High School has 10 guys playing in the game. So West uh, right up in there. But you yourself, Shauna, a Helena native, I mean, talk about that element of this. I mean, it always means so much to so many in this game, but particularly the guys from Montana, particularly the older guys in Montana. So what do you remember just about some of your, your waning and last rivalry games against the Grizzlies? Yeah, it's just it's just such a cool experience, you know, growing up in our state and there's so much pride in this in this game itself and you know, I think is is somebody born and raised here, uh, there's how many hundreds of kids who come out of the high school programs and and uh, only a select few who get to don the uniforms, you know, out there on Saturday. And uh, you know, I think I think the kids from Montana they just they, they represent that. And uh, it's it's on their minds, and so such a cool experience um, to be a part of for those couple of years. And uh, yeah, well, take us back uh, to your time playing. Fascinating. We had Jordy Tripp on earlier as well, and and he's two years younger than you, but uh, it was a crazy time in the rivalry, especially like 2009 through 2013, because. Home field advantage didn't really matter. Like in 2010 and 2012, you guys went in, came to Missoula and went in there and knocked off the Grizzlies. But they came to Bobcat Stadium and went on the road a couple times as well. So uh, pretty crazy to think about. But take us back to that 2012 game. You guys had won in Missoula previously, uh, but that was a really affirming win that clinched a Big Sky Conference championship. What do you remember about that 16-7 win over the Grizz that day? Yeah, I mean, even if you go back to the games before, just kind of setting the stage for for 2012 and in, in, in 2010, you know, the cold game, we were, we were, uh, I guess you'd call us underdogs, pretty hungry team looking to, uh, finally capitalize, you know, on a, a big sky championship and, uh, just really, really had that mentality. And then 2011 at home, you know, I think we rolled into that game, uh, one or two in the nation and, uh, maybe played a little bit too tight and, uh, got beat at home. So I think just that experience going into that 2012 game, really suited us well uh, for that wild environment over in Washington Grizzly Stadium. And uh, we kind of had an objective and uh, were able to play well enough to get a win over there that day. When you do secure it, and the best, one of my favorite parts, I'm an old offensive lineman, you're an offensive lineman. One of the great parts, though, is the offensive line are the guys that get to go get the trophy first, right? They get the glory. They get to be in the pictures front and center because this thing weighs 724 pounds. So you got to have the big boys <laughs> go get it. So, um, I mean, w- when you get to hoist the trophy, especially when you're doing it with some of your line mates, what's that part like? Yeah, you know, it's it's really cool. Rule number one of that trophy is don't try and do it alone. As you mentioned, it's it's quite heavy. Um, I'm one who uh, kind of sat back and let everybody uh, get it on their shoulders first. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> let it trot around a little before I, I got involved in the mix. But, uh, yeah, no, just a cool feeling, you know, seeing all the hard work pay, pay off and uh, um, being able to take a look at that trophy for the, you know, the next 12 months. The uh, 
in the modern history of this rivalry, Mike Kramer, who was one of our guests to start the show here today, uh, he he was the one that sort of guided the ending of the streak. But there was only one holdover from Mike Kramer's coaching staff then on to Rob Ash's coaching staff. That was Jason McAdoo, your offensive line coach. So he is one of the guys that has coached in more of these than almost anybody. I think only Ty Gregorak has coached in more than Jason McAdoo in terms of uh, assistance in the history of this rivalry. So what do you remember about just the way Mac used to prepare you? I know even to this day, I, I only usually text with him about twice a year, and uh, usually one of them is, is this time of year because he's always thinking about it. So what do you remember just about the way Coach Mack prepared you guys? Yeah, something I'll never forget about Coach Mack is, again, back to that 2010 game. Uh, the cold game, you know, rumors of negative 35 below, wind chill before kickoff, et cetera. And everybody knows that uh, no sleeves is a big thing, especially for an offensive lineman. And Coach Mack bared his teeth with all of us and went out there no sleeves, too, on the sideline, not even getting to run around. So that's one of my favorite memories of Coach Mack. And uh, other than that, you know, like you mentioned, just experiencing the game, he was able to shed light on that to us, you know, in order to prep us for uh, each each game, each year. So, um, yeah. He told me last time I talked to him, to this day he still thinks he's got frostbite or some sort of nerve damage in his ear <laughs> because he was wearing a T-shirt and no beanie. But, hey, it's all for, all for a good cause. When you get out of there uh, with a victory, uh, certainly – uh, it helps you a lot. One other guy we featured on uh, this series earlier this week, Sean, was Denarius McGee, and he certainly has uh, a wonderful legacy at Montana State, but that's certainly highlighted by, and, and the entry point, too, is is his ability to quarterback uh, the Cats to wins over the Grizz, especially those two wins uh, in Missoula. So what do you remember about going through with a guy like that? I mean, you guys were a battery for uh, several years there, so uh, what do you think made him so great, but also how big of a contributing factor was that, just having a confident quarterback when you're going into enemy territory yeah we're just a, a wonderful player not only the moxie on the field that Daenerys had but he just exudes he just radiates positivity I mean I, I don't I can't ever remember a time where you know Daenerys had a bad day and that was something that just like I said radiated out to the team no matter the circumstances and that was something pretty critical for a leader for us and then it was just a matter of putting the product on the field so Tremendous time playing with Denarius. We get to catch up from time to time, and I know he's he's got a lot of success here now in his coaching career. So, well, how much do you follow it now? Do you, do you still keep up with it pretty good? Uh, in terms of in, over in Bozeman, or? yeah, yeah, just the Bobcats. Absolutely, I love it. Absolutely, like I mentioned, mentioned uh, I got a cousin who has has gone through the program, and sure. he, we make it over for. Uh, most every home, at least the day games that we can. So it's kind of become like a family event for us now. So absolutely keep in touch as, as much as possible. Sometimes uh, chasing kids around <laughs> during games on the TV in the background so you don't tune in quite as intently as you like. But um, absolutely in tune with it. And uh, Coach Vegan's got them rolling over there. John Sampson joining us here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. He's a Helena Capital graduate as well as a Montana State alum, former All-Big Sky Center there. For the Bobcats, part of three Big Sky Conference championship teams there uh, at MSU. Coach Mack was such a tie that binds in terms of his ability to lead the offensive line, and that was one of the big factors to why Montana State was good on the offensive line for so long. But they've gone through several different coaches since then. Jason Eck, Brian Armstrong, uh, and, and now here they are 
uh, working under Al Johnson in his first year. But the uh, the legacy has continued. So as an old offensive lineman, you got to love the way that this Bobcat front has been playing these last couple of years. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're able to hang their hat on the run game, and I think that's a cornerstone of a great program. And so it's really cool to, to see what they're doing up front, no doubt. Yeah, it's, uh, it's impressive, certainly. And you mentioned your cousin Holden Sampson, so that's cool that you've had a, a family tie to it. Uh, last thing then, I mean, this is a, an intriguing matchup because the Grizz are as good as they have been, and, and more importantly, I think they're rolling into this game. Montana State uh, stubbed their toe at Idaho, but they bounced back in fine fashion, and I still think they are definitely a bona fide national championship contender. So what do you think of this matchup on Saturday? Oh, man, this has all the makings of a great one, doesn't it? For the outright title on the line, um, you know, it just, it'll be interesting to see the matchups uh, in the trenches. Of course, I'm biased there, but if you can establish, establish the line of scrimmage, be able to hit on some explosives and, and hang on to that football, that seems to be the formula, especially late in the season here. And it sets up so much, too, in the weeks to come for both teams. So um, just going to be a fun, fun, fun game to uh, tune into. Can't wait. We can't wait either. Good hearing from you, man. I'm glad to know you're doing well. Uh, keep keep it up working with those kids. Good luck with your own family, and uh, thanks so much for making some time here today. Hey, thanks so much, and I uh, really appreciate all you do, all the coverage, and not only the big sky and national level, but everything the high school level, too. So it's it's great talking to you. Thanks so much, Coulter, and uh, go Cats. There you go, Sean Sampson. We, uh, when I first started covering, when I was on the beat at the Bozeman Chronicle, uh, you know, I was, what What was I? I was pretty young. Uh, I guess 23 my first year, 24 maybe. And so, you know, I was I was of similar age to the guys that were older uh, on that Montana State team. And so those are the guys that I've kept up with the most because, you know, they graduate when they're 22 or 23, and then all of a sudden I'm still 25. So you see them out and about around town, whatever. So, you know, Mike Ryder is one of my good buddies. He's contributing at Skyline Sports right now. But I I, uh, I haven't kept up with Sean nearly as much as I, I wish I would have. But but I I, uh, I gravitated towards him because I was a center and and I was very impressed with his ability. I mean, Sean Sampson is uh, he's not a big dude. He's he's only about six feet tall. But he he was pretty stout when he was playing. But I think he played about two sixty five. So certainly um, undersized by Division one standards. But man, was he a tech t- technician! Unbelievable. I mean, his fundamental soundness, his smarts, his athleticism. Being one step ahead of everybody, man, uh, he, he was definitely one. I mean, he was on our all-decade all, uh, all team for Skyline Sports as the center. He's the best center I've covered uh, in the last decade plus. So, uh, pleasure hearing from him and uh, appreciate him for being here. It's our Brawl of the Wild by the Mile Legends Edition. Presented by Town Pump, Brawl of the Wild by the Mile. Back for yet another year here on ESPN as well as SkylineSportsMT.com. And the Brawl of the Wild Trophy Series is back, a competition, a all-sports competition between Montana and Montana State. We've been so Montana-centric, which I know you love. What the heck's going on around the rest of the world of sports uh, in America? We'll take a look next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. television been thinking about Bon Jovi lately you know that's a weird thing to say I realized the other day we have never played Bon Jovi on this show I'm not actually really a Bon Jovi fan I don't it's fine take it or leave it a little too pop 
poppy for me. I mean, I do love pop music if it's pop. This is supposed to be like hair metal, though, and it's like pop instead. Regardless, that song's sweet. Young Guns was definitely one of my favorite movies, Young Guns and Young Guns too. when I was a little kid. My dad loves cowboy movies, so I love those uh, growing up. Anyways, I was thinking about Bon Jovi because it's a part of this Jeff Benedict book, The Dynasty, about the Patriots that I've been reading. There was some story along the lines where Bon Jovi was going to Patriots practice and became friends with Bill Parcells. I don't know. It prompted me to play some Bon Jovi. Welcome back. Nuanas now. ESPN Radio, uh, as well as SWX Montana Television. Grizz Hockey, end of the second period. They're down in Utah right now. And uh, the score's tied 2-2. Two to two. Goals by Case Balk and Max Toyola for the Grizz. Uh, third period starting, and the Grizz are on a power play. So uh, if you want to check that action out. You can find it on the ESPN MT app. That's where they'll be tomorrow as well because it's a puck drop at 4 uh, tomorrow as well. You need somewhere to watch it. ESPN MT app or head on over to Buffalo Wild Wings right across the street uh, from us. We've reached the final day of the week. Man, it's crazy how many hours I've already worked, but I can't tell you how much fun I'm having. Can't tell you how fun it is to catch up with everybody and to hear from all of you out there and uh, hear from all these awesome former players as well. Uh, if you missed anything in this show, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Our star-studded lineup continues tomorrow. We'll keep talking about this game, of course. We're also going to hear from Chase Reynolds, a uh, NFL player who hails from Drummond, one of the greatest running backs in grizz history. Uh, We're also going to hear from Travis Lule, one of the great quarterbacks in Montana State and Big Sky Conference history as well. And we'll have a whole bunch of fun. We'll keep on breaking down the primary matchups and everything in between. Grizz Hoops do have a game tonight, so we'll talk about that tomorrow as well. They play North Dakota State. We'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home and uh, I saw some kids running around with I love shirt it. on and it was really surreal it was a cool moment cool experience for sure yeah, that's so cool you guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you but when people are looking up to you like they do I mean they think I mean you're the man right now for <laughs> the <laughs> University of Montana what's yeah. that like being a Montana kid um it's different for sure um you know growing up you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that but um you know it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids lives um you know, I just want to make sure uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.